Hello, my rebels. As you know, we cover things in a different way than the rest of the media, especially their heroes. We ask questions of their heroes that they don't. There's no bigger hero on the left than Greta Thunberg, the child actor from Sweden. And I call her a child actor because you will see why she's a child actor, because we spent 20 minutes walking and talking with her through the streets of Davos, Switzerland today, one of the most bizarre conversations I've ever had in my life. And I will let you see it and judge for yourself, but I want you to see it, not just hear it. So please subscribe to the video version of this podcast. Go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe, and you get the video version of the show. I do it every weeknight. And we rely on that eight bucks, believe it or not, to pay our bills because we don't get really any advertising and certainly no money from the government. That's rebelnewsplus.com. All right, here is one of the strangest shows we have done in a while because it is with a very unusual child actress named Greta Thunberg. Here you go. Tonight, we walk and talk with Greta Thunberg for more than 20 minutes. It's January 20th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show from Davos, Switzerland. Shame on you, you sensorious bug. Greta Thunberg, you know the name. She's a young lady, a girl really, who is the face of the climate movement. Except for the thing is, she's not actually that young anymore. I mean, listen, I wish I was just 20, like she is, but she is 20. It's not a teenager anymore. It's certainly not a girl. Although meeting her in person today reminded me of how physically small she is. And I don't know if it's a medical condition or just a particular unique look, but she truly looks like someone who is 12 or 13. She may even be developmentally challenged. I don't know, and I'm certainly not casting aspersions. I'm just describing the fact that a 20-year-old woman can look like a child for so long. The reason that's relevant, again, it's not a personal aesthetic criticism. It's rather unlocking the key to her success. This 20-year-old woman, who has aged out of being a child, can come across as a young, naive child and has a very powerful resonance when a child prophet shall shame and name the old men who have put us in a climate crisis. Remember when she went to the United Nations and gave a passionate speech? How dare you? How dare you steal my dreams? Remember this? This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. And all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? That was powerful for one reason. 
because it sounded like a child as admonishing the grown-ups instead of real life, which is grown-ups typically chiding and disciplining a child. Alas, Greta Thunberg is no child, but she still has tremendous PR value. Now, we at Rebel News have been following Greta Thunberg for years. For example, we scrummed her briefly when she was in New York City, and it was there that we discovered she actually doesn't do interactive conversations well at all. She sort of panics or freezes up or just goes silent. Here's a quick hit from when she was in New York City. Greta, 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 how was the ride over? How was the ride over? Greta, Greta. We met up with Greta again when she was in Alberta passing through. We found out where she was staying at a hotel. We booked a room in the hotel as well, and we met her by chance, or we were lingering there, in the hotel office uh, business lounge. And uh, here's how that interaction went. It was our former reporter, Kean Bexty, who approached her in a very friendly way and then asked firmer and firmer questions until she sort of said, oh, this is an interview. I'm getting out of here. Here's Kean Bexty interviewing Greta Thunberg in Red Deer a few years back. Can I, can I ask? I'm curious, because, you know, Calgary's an oil city. Yeah. Why don't you guys go to China or Saudi Arabia? Protest yeah. them. Because right now I'm here and I stopped flying. So to go there, that would have to... But I mean, I went here because I received an invitation mm -hmm. to go here. If I received an invitation to go to China, I would of course go to China. So who's, you, will you be disclosing your finances? Will you be telling us who is paying for your trip, your Tesla, and bringing you to our country in the middle of an election? Thank you very much. I'm You're paying for everything. You pay for the Tesla? No, I'm paying for the Tesla. You borrowed the Tesla for free from New York. Yeah, well, have, you, have you registered as a third-party advertiser coming to this country in the middle of an election period? It's the middle of an election, you understand that. Have, have you registered as a third-party advertiser? I'm sure she will not talk about the elections at all. I will not, yeah. I have never mentioned the election. The climate, you understand that climate change is a pivotal policy, uh, is a ballot box I'm question in this election. Right now, so. This is a ballot box question in this election, and you're, you're rallying, you're doing political, you're engaging in our political discourse as a foreigner. Politics. Climate change is politics, is it not? Science. Climate, and so is science going to solve it? Would you like a technical solution to climate change, or would you like politicians I'd to solve really it? I'd really appreciate it if you stopped talking to us right now. We have a meeting, yeah. um, and this is So you're, you're, you're engaging in political discourse yeah, in a foreign country as a foreigner. Thank you very much. Will you be this is also slightly harassing, yeah. and I do have these contacts if needs be. So will you be disclosing your finances, and will you be registering as a third-party operative? Will you be registering as a third-party operative? The final part of our interactions with Greta was when we actually went to Stockholm, Sweden, and to try and find out a little bit more about Greta's past. Who was she? Who was organizing everything? Who was paying for everything? Who was writing those pithy tweets? Who was the PR machine behind her? We tried to find out, but didn't get very far. Here's a clip from our visit to Stockholm, 
which was part of our documentary called Greta Inc. Greta, would you be able to tell me hey, hey. what school are, are you actually are you striking from? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Show me your press card. Yes. So when you actually started your school strike, were you leaving the classroom or did you have a day off from your school that you were at? You, you, you know that the school that you go to, you have multiple days off a week. You don't actually have to go to class nine to five. Did you walk valiantly from the classroom like you've led the world to believe? Or did you just have days off on Friday? Nice to meet you again. I remember you from Edmonton. Yes, I yeah. remember your Tesla. It was full of plastic. Well, it was not my Tesla. I shared it with many others. Well, that's what you already know about Greta, our attempts to cover her briefly in cities where she was briefly at. Well, we're in Davos, Switzerland for the World Economic Forum, a get-together of billionaires and oligarchs with some of the highest carbon footprints you'll ever find. In fact, you'll recall we visited the private jet airport where the planes just didn't stop coming, and then once the planes stopped coming, the helicopters kept coming. Well, it's, it's quite a thing for Greta Thunberg to go to such a high carbon events such as Davos with all these billionaires. But she was here and we heard that she was speaking at the CNBC studio. Ezra Levant here for Rebel News. I'm standing outside the CNBC studio, the same one where the vice president threatened to clock our friend Avi Amini. Uh, of course, it's where all the VVIPs pop by to give their propaganda message, dutifully transcribed by the media party here. How dare you? It is the most important person in the world, according to the World Economic Forum. It is young Greta Thunberg. So we'll see if we can catch a minute of the young lady's time. Greta, how many times did you rehearse your arrest at the German coal mine? How many times did you rehearse it? Because it looks staged. Is it true? How many times did you re rehearse your arrest, Greta? How many times did you film your arrest and why was it staged that way? Greta, considering you've not spent much time in school, how do you know so much about climate change? Greta, maybe you want to talk to real journalists. Uh, what did you talk to you, you here in uh, Davos to go to successful? Greta, as a real journalist, is climate change as real your, as your arrest? Greta, how far are you willing to go? You're willing to break the law. Will you renounce violence? Will you renounce violence, Greta? Or do you support Antifa? You've worn an Antifa shirt before. Are you in favor of Antifa? Greta, how did you get here today? What was your climate footprint in traveling here? <laughs> What's your plan while you're here, Greta? Um... Will <laughs> <laughs> we have a Fridays for Future Day tomorrow here? Yeah? <laughs> Greta, how do you feel about discussing climate change with the uh, delegates here when they nearly all when nearly all of them take private jets? Do you think at least the fact these delegates take private jets is a bad thing against you know what you believe in? All of this could be done via Zoom, so surely. Surely you should be encouraging all the delegates here, especially the likes of U.S. Special Envoy John Kerry for climate, uh, Special Envoy for climate change. Surely you should be saying to these people, you should be doing this via Zoom with a much smaller carbon footprint. Surely, <laughs> Greta, avoid my questions if climate change is a con. Greta, what do you think about this? Well, I think that says enough.
Greta, energy prices in Europe have never been higher. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Are you happy that natural gas is so expensive so people can't afford it? Or do you think that's bad? Greta, it's getting quite cold in Davos. When can I expect some global warming? <laughs> Greta, would you say you're a child actor? Are you a child actor or an expert? How would you describe yourself? <laughs> Greta, are there any climate actions planned whilst you're here with all the other activists? Sure. Um, yeah. I'm sure people are planning things. Greta, are you used to gentler questions, or do you ever talk to people who disagree with you? Greta, who was filming your arrest in Germany? Because it looked like you did that in several takes, didn't you? You were posing with the police. He's answering for you. He's... He's answering for you. He said you had an agency. What, oh, sometimes what? I wish I had one. It would be much simpler then. Well, well, who was filming you then? I don't know media. You don't know who was filming you in Germany? He said he knows. He says it was an agency. Police agency, you idiot. Do you normally have reporters defending you? Yeah. It's very likely that the German police and RWE fossil fuel company would stage an arrest. Well, how many how many times did you were you arrested? Because you posed for several times, didn't you? Sure. What is your main message to the people who are at the World Economic Forum? What do you want to? What message do you want to portray whilst you're here? Well, of course, it depends on who you are. Some people are more responsible for this crisis than others. Certainly. Careful, because here there are cars. How come you never protest Saudi Arabia or Russia? You only protest Western energy. Why have you never criticized Vladimir Putin or OPEC? <laughs> yeah, I've never done that. Never, ever. Well, will you do so now? Will you condemn OPEC energy? <laughs> Greta, can you condemn every single delegate that's come here on a private jet? Surely that's something you should condemn. <laughs> you can do it too. I, well, I, I, you know, I could could do it, but you're the one who really, who has such a strong stance against climate change. And you know, if it's true, I, I commend your efforts. But could you condemn them taking private jets to these meetings? Why won't you condemn private jets? Have you, have you ever been on a private jet even once? I own 100 private jets. Well, have you been on? How about once? <laughs> have you ever been on a private jet? All the time, yes. I wonder why you won't answer me in a straight answer. Do you have any meetings with any people who are here, any politicians, any high business people as you're here? Uh, depends on how you define that. Well, can you tell us who you're having talks to? No. Why are you having secret meetings? Peter, do you think that in Davos, the big companies here are really um, interesting by climate change? Well, I guess all we have to do is see what they do. Let's get back to those private meetings. Why are you having private meetings? Secret meetings? Who are they having secret meetings with? Come on, people ask questions. Yes, please. You believe them? It's free speech, isn't it? It is, but come on. 
I'm the establishment for you now, part of you. Hey, what are you doing? When it comes to solving things like climate change and heading in a different direction, do you agree with criminal damage caused by groups such as Just Oil in order to get the climate message across? Do you think it is justified? Are they called Just Oil? That would not be a very good name for... Sorry, Just Stop Oil. Gretchen, this is your opportunity right here. You don't seem to be taking it very seriously. Sorry. Sorry? This is your opportunity to stop and tell us what you care, what you care about and what you're fighting against. You seem to be joining the establishment, not fighting them anymore. <laughs> Are you not one of them? One of who? What, the people in the private jets and the helicopters flying in here to tell us how to live our lives? Yes, because I have many oh, private jets of my own, yes. It's okay. I want to move here. The point being, you have to condemn all of them equally, otherwise it's hypocrisy, right? No? I don't see how that's funny. I don't take anything seriously, so just... I laugh all the time, so don't take it personally. Okay. <laughs> Greta, where did you learn everything you know about things like climate change? Where, where did you learn all that? Yeah, that's a good question. I wish I knew. <laughs> so if you wish you knew, how do you know so much? Surely if you know so much, you would know where you learned all this from, surely? Who has said that I know so much? <laughs> well, because you are deemed as an expert worldwide when it comes to climate change. You speak on on global stages when it comes to climate change. And ultimately, some of the things you say lead global policy. If that was the case, then the world would look completely different, I assure you. What would you like to do to make the world look completely different? That's a fair question, surely? First, I would like to eat lunch, maybe. <laughs> Are you going to be eating bugs to save the planet for this lunch? I think I'm going to take... I'll see. <laughs> Greta, do you make an opportunity to listen to different voices and opinions that differ from your own? Do you try and take challenge on board when it comes to climate? Sure. If you want to end fossil fuels, how did you get to Davos today? I came yesterday, I didn't come today. How did you travel here? Uh, several trains. Several trains or planes? I took a private jet, of course. Took a private jet? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you, you laugh about this, but surely if it's such a big issue, it's surely no laughing matter. I mean, this is an opportunity for you to try and get people who don't agree with your message to try and see it from your side of the, side of the view and to maybe change their ways, surely? Yeah, I wish I could tell that to me myself sometimes to take things more seriously, but you know, I'm just a young person. I. I I tend to laugh at most things. Do you regret encouraging young people to miss school? No. Does anyone have any idea where we are? No. Tell us where you want to go and I can tell you where it is. Who operates your Twitter account for you? Who operates your Twitter account? Oh, that's me. That's why why it's so bad. I hate Are you the only one who does it or do other people help you? Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm the only one. So no one else works? <laughs> and all your social media, do you write it or does a PR agency write it? It would be much easier if I had a PR agency that would write everything, to be honest. I think you laugh when you're nervous, is that right? Then I would be nervous all the time. Greta, how do you deal with all, the, all of this? All people caring about what you have to say, listening to what you have to say, 
pretty, pretty good, pretty big voice. How do you deal with all of that pressure? Uh, I don't know. It's a bit weird that people seem to care what I think about things so much. But you love it, don't you? You always put yourself out in the public. So you're not a private person. You love it. You're a celebrity. Are you a celebrity or a child actor? How would you describe yourself? <laughs> Who do you count as your chief advisors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shell, Exxon, yeah. It's quite something that the media are answering the questions for you. That's amazing. Well, We're just joking. The same questions again and again. You're asking the same questions and we get bored. You know? Yeah. Not only we, I guess. Greta, who would you say is the biggest threat to climate change, whether that's one person, an organization, or a country? Me. And why would you say you're the biggest threat to climate change? <laughs> Well, to the world going in a disastrous trajectory towards the world being damaged through climate change, who do you think is the worst culprit? Me. Why you? Is it your hundreds of private jets? Yes. Where do you stand on China and their climate carbon footprint? Yeah, as a climate activist, of course, you love when people emit carbon dioxide. Yeah, that's really our thing. I mean, Greg, you're not taking this very seriously. This seems to be a big issue to you, unless it's just simply a job, in which case, line your pockets with lots of money. Surely you'd want to actually have an adult opinion on the likes of China, surely? I have opinions about lots of things, yes. <laughs> Could you share your opinion on China with us? Obviously, I love it when people emit carbon dioxide. Every time a Western government implements a net-zero policy, it's common folk that are suffering, especially in a cost-of-living crisis. Do you have anything to say on that? Yeah, it's horrible that people are being affected by, by different things, like some the climate crisis and so on. People are being displaced and losing their lives. It's horrible. But they can't afford to eat or heat their homes because yeah. of the net-zero policies. Yeah, that's definitely why we are experiencing the cost of living crisis, yes. I agree, thank you. <laughs> you've been here before, you've had a big speech that made a proper impact. Do you think it did anything? Did it? Did anything change? Well, we can, we can only see where we are now. The global emissions of greenhouse gases are still increasing. But we are a movement that is growing. Yeah, our movement, yes. <laughs> but is the movement not turning people off, away from your cause? Sorry? Is the movement not turning people away from your cause? The tactics that are being employed? Do you agree with all the radical tactics people are taking in, in your name? I think the only one taking action in my name is me, I hope. But you are the leader of this movement. I hope not. Therefore, would you condemn people taking radical action and prefer demo democracy instead? Sorry? Would you encourage people to take democratic action rather than radical action? The protest is to take democratic action. Greta, can you condemn everyone who has caused criminal damage in terms of to try and get the point across to fight climate change? I left because there wasn't many people in there. 
Chinese. Russia and China are building more coal-fired power stations. Why should those of us in the West suffer because of net zero when they are not doing their part? Greta, you once stood on a, on a stage and said, how dare you passionately and emotionally because people weren't doing enough. And now you don't seem to be taking it seriously. Why, why the sudden change? I don't know. Where you could take on. If you could say one thing to people who oppose you to convince them, what would that be? So weird. If you say one thing to people who oppose you to convince them of your argument, what would it be? I wouldn't say anything. But surely if you cared about climate change that much, you would surely say something to try and get them to want to do something else about the way we are going in terms of climate change. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, this has been a pleasure. Uh, we're going to leave now. We would appreciate if you didn't follow. Thanks, Greta. Thank you. Well, there you have it, Greta Thunberg, walking and talking for quite a while with several rebel news journalists and several mainstream media journalists who sometimes even answered questions for her. They knew the script so well. I, I think the thing I was struck by, and, and come, come here, finish. There's a journalist saying we were just correcting you, dude. That tells you about the kind of media that are normally covering Davos. They're narrative enforcers. They're conformists. And they don't ask skeptical questions. But in the case of Greta Thunberg, what was so striking was, as my colleague Callum Smiles pointed out, this is the young woman who stood at the United Nations and said, how dare you? How dare you? And mustered her fury. But when she was asked question after question, and I mean, legitimate good faith questions, she giggled, she laughed, and in some cases she said absurd things like, I have a hundred private jets, or I like coal. And none of it made sense to me other than my realization of who she is, where she's from, what her parents are like, and that she really is a child actor. I think we just learned everything there was to learn about Greta, and, it's, and I'm so glad we caught it because we were waiting about two hours in the bloody cold for that. So thank you, Callum. Thanks to our hardy cameramen who are freezing. Uh, Benji, great work. Thank you very much, Ed, for being right on the spot. And what a pleasure to have Calvin with us to bring another point of view. Calvin, a very thoughtful uh presenter at GB News. What a pleasure to have him here. Another very interesting day here at Davos, and it pays off to wait for these VVIPs. Last point, you'll remember there was an enormous crowd out front. There was probably 50 people at the height, and Greta was simply taking her time to come out. I have not seen 50 people muster for John Kerry, the uh, former Secretary of State. I have not seen 50 people muster for Tony Blair, the former British PM. Greta is their prophet, and she has been insulated from scrutiny. Well, we're called Rebel News for a reason, because we ask questions that other people don't like. Callum, congratulations. Calvin and the rest of our team, another great day at Davos to see all our footage from all our different interviews and all our different scrums, go to wefreports.com. If you think this kind of journalism that you've just watched is unique and valuable, and I think it is, 
please chip in a little bit to our crowdfunding. We brought a crew of seven people with us from Australia, Canada, and the UK. We flew economy class all the way, but if you can help us cover those costs, you can do that at wefreports.com. Thanks very much. And we still got two days of action, so keep coming back. Ezra Levant here for Rebel News. On our first day in Davos, I was sitting with our team in a cafeteria of a supermarket, which we've been using as our remote office. And a young lady approached Avi Yamini out of the blue, saying she was inspired by Avi's journalism last year. So now she's become a citizen journalist this year. Her name is Masako, and she joins me now. Great to see you. Thanks very much for coming on my show. Uh, I'm so honored to meet you and your team. Well, you're very kind and you've been very flattering. I was blown away when you came over to Avi and said that he inspired you. I mean, a lot of people watch Avi's videos. He's very entertaining and he has a very strong point of view. But for you to actually fly all the way from Japan to Switzerland, that's a very long way. And you brought your camera gear and you've been doing real journalism. That's an incredible transformation from a viewer to a journalist, isn't it? Uh, uh, yes, uh, because you spread the courage. And uh, I wanted to wake Japanese people up. And then uh, I wanted to create this big circle. So I thought, uh, why don't I go there? And I came. <laughs> well, that's I can't. That's such a wonderful story. I find that so heartwarming. And you're so lovely as a, as a person. So... As soon as you excuse me, introduced yourself, I started following you on Twitter, and you have quite a large Twitter following. Now, I don't understand everything in Japanese, although Twitter can translate it, but I started watching your journalism, and let me just show some of our viewers. Here's a story you did talking to one of the VIP drivers that they only chauffeur the VIPs around in regular gas-powered cars, not in electric cars. Here, let's take a quick look at that. What kind of people do you drive for? Uh, I cannot say. Uh, okay, okay, I understand. I uh, VIP too. I saw Uber cars. Yes. Oh, on the side, it says 100 uh, electricity. That's right. Yes. yes. All Tesla and all electricity because here uh, they need, they need uh, without, you know, uh, gas or, or without petrol, only electricity to drive here for, with mm -hmm. Uber. Yes, I know that. Uh, what about your car? Uh, my car is normal because for VIP I cannot drive electricity out. <laughs> uh, electricity cars, for example, Tesla, sometimes it ha like an accident or the if there is no electricity. It's very dangerous because yeah. I locked out if you have uh, some problem over uh, the brand out. Mm -hmm. That's a big problem with the Tesla. But now almost all they are from Tesla here. Well, Masako, I thought that was a very interesting video. And you know what what it said? The fact that you weren't just interested in talking to the big shots and the VIPs, that you wanted to hear from ordinary working people, too. See, Davos is about the elites and the billionaires and the oligarchs. But the fact that you took the time to talk to a, one of the many people, you know, almost like a servant or an employee, I was impressed by that and you made some real news that was very interesting oh thank you very much uh i i realized uh, i started to realize like what local people think about this event and actually i found a house with a sign saying that wow this looks like uh corruption this is what corruption looks like it's a house located on third floor and it's got a 
sign in English. So, oh, maybe local people have a different opinion. So I decided to approach many people. And then I uh, bumped into a driver. <laughs> well, you know, just the very fact that you chose that story sets you apart from the New York Times and the Washington Post who are only here to massage powerful people. So you talk to ordinary people, which is amazing, but you actually managed to find the elusive boss of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, who I don't think he walks on these streets like a mere mortal. You got him outside his hotel going to dinner, and I want to play this video for our viewers because it is so telling. Here, take a look at Masako, who found Klaus Schwab, that's amazing, put a question to him, and then got him to make an incredible statement. Take a look at this. Chairman Schwab, Chairman Schwab, uh, I'm from Japan. May I ask from? you for? Uh, I'm from Japan. Yeah. And may I uh, ask you for a comment? No, we're, we're on our we're on our way to the next thing. We're a bit late. Uh, oh, but I can thank just you. walk with thank you, you and then ask. Oh, questions. I think we're gonna we're gonna rush actually. But thank you. Uh, Thanks very much. Uh, but, uh, which which uh, media are you with? I am an independent journalist from yeah, Japan. Yeah, no, thank you very much. <laughs> yes. I have and, to ask. Thank but you. thanks me, for thank me. you. Masako, he would not answer a substantive question, but the way he dismissed you when you said you were independent, he sort of laughed and immediately turned his back on you, showed his contempt for ordinary people, his contempt for journalists who might ask him a question he's not prepared for, and that basically he views the world as friends and enemies. Friends are people who pay him to be here. Enemies are anyone else. That's what I took away from your video. So although you didn't actually get to put a question to him, he gave you a stunning answer. That's what I thought. Uh, yes. Um, I was waiting outside of a hotel with Japan Night, an event that uh, one of the popular events during this uh, Davos conference was held. And so I was standing outside for three hours and I finally f found him, <laughs> encountered him. And what thing, one thing I learned the most from this uh, encounter is that uh, I could feel he is aware of our resistance. Yes, and uh, the way he turned and then he was like uh, hurrying up to his car and he, I think he shut his ears and shut his mouth and I felt like he wanted to go to his world <laughs> from the real world. His world where he can keep out people like you and me. Yes, that's what I felt. So actually it was encouraging me for this experience because our voices, like uh, our things that we can do in our on our daily basis, uh, we it's it's influencing them. It's an impact. So although they look big, <laughs> our our um, fighting back actually means a lot. <laughs> yeah. What it, I tell you, you your answers have been so inspirational. I'm so happy you're here. I'm delighted to follow you on Twitter, and we'll put on, on on this website where people can follow you. And I would encourage everyone to follow Masako. And if the tweet is in Japanese, you can just click the button that says translate so you can get the English translation. But you also retweet other things in English, and there is your original journalism on there. 
It's only been a couple of days, but I already feel like Masako is a friend and an ally, don't you? What a pleasure. Thank you for your kind words of support. And most importantly, thank you for showing courage and by leaning by example. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Nice to meet you and safe journey home. Thank you very much, and I appreciate your great uh, work. Well, there, there it is, another citizen journalist from all the way across the world. 